it's me, Maxi Rainbow. And I'm Renata from the eSpot. And welcome back to the 10th episode of the Joint Slay podcast. Woo! Happy 10th episode! Yes. So exciting. Uh, which leads me on to the fact that we do have a special 10th episode anniversary special on our Patreon. So if you would like to support the podcast and also get access to the full length video episodes of every single podcast, also early released on Thursdays, ad free, check out our Patreon because there's an extra special little thing over there that you're not going to get at all in this episode. And that leads us to our shout outs for uh, our Patreon. So we did not get any uh, patrons since the last episode, which is all good. We're going to shout out every single person who's been subscribed to our Patreon for the 10th episode. So shout out to Meredith, Danili, Obili, Alistair. Shout out, Alistair! Russell, Carolina, Shoegazer, Daniel, Kathleen, my mom, Suniva, and Norbert. So thank you to those who went over to our Patreon and subscribed and supported us over there. And thank you to everybody who has been listening, both on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. We appreciate the support coming from all of you guys, no matter what. Just you being here with us and enjoying our company is all that we really, all that we need. So thank you guys to everybody who's been supporting us. It's been, it's been so much fun. These 10 episodes, I'm ready for a hundred. I know. I <laughs> felt like, I felt like it went so fast. Like it always is whenever we get together to, to talk. I feel like it always just flies by us. And like, yeah, it's been 10 weeks now of doing this. I feel like we're finally, you know, getting into the groove a little bit as far as like how everything works and all of that. And we've had some bumps along the road. Like uh, last week we had some audio issues, which we're really sorry about. Hopefully the audio is a bit clearer today. We're working on some things to see what best to do. Like I've got an issue where like my really good microphone doesn't, like my headphones because they run through like a mod a mod system together like a preamp before they go into my computer so like i can't hear maxi talking but my sound sounds amazing but it doesn't matter because we can't talk back and forth and so there's like all kinds of weird little bits and bobs that need to be worked out so just bear with us um and do let us know when things come up that seem not right because then we can mm -hmm. fix them Yes, for sure. Because sometimes I sometimes we don't notice everything. And so we really appreciate it whenever you guys point those things out to us. Like my, I also had a typo in the, the title last week. It happens. Oops. It happens, you know. Hey, yeah. so and thank, I, I, and I wouldn't yeah. have noticed. It was like literally two days. <laughs> I didn't notice until someone commented. And I had also made a mistake that someone pointed out in the comments. I had been under the impression that in the Irish Eurosong contest, that because they let Northern Ireland vote, which is a plus 44 country code, that everyone in the UK could vote. Because this is what people were saying last year. Like, oh, the UK can vote. So that was just what I thought mm. based on what people say. Obviously, those people that were saying that weren't Irish because I, th I think it was an Irish person who commented. Uh, and then I went and I asked some Irish friends, like, you know, what do they know about it? And one of them said that 
they actually fixed it so that if you are in Northern Ireland, which is plus four, four, which is the same as England, Wales, and Scotland, mm -hmm. you have to have a zero two eight in the beginning of your number, which is like the oh. Northern Ireland local code. So not just the country, like ours, we have like our, ours, like in Pittsburgh area, it's four, one, two or seven, two, four. You're going to have mm -hmm. one of those numbers if you're from Pittsburgh. But I guess if you're from Northern Ireland, your phone, your phone will be 44028. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so it is just for people in Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. It, I was wrong mm -hmm. about the the other parts of the UK bit. But we can't know everything. So that's why we appreciate when you yeah. guys correct us. So what is this next thing on here? Why does it say surprise gift for Maxie? Because I have a surprise <laughs> gift for Maxie. <laughs> I have a surprise gift for Maxie. I was having a really rough day yesterday because um, I had a lot of things going on in my life. And so I was doing my new comfort activity, which is hanging out with my dog, who you probably can't see. She's off camera, but she's moving my little <laughs> curtain around because she realizes that she's not getting attention. I'm just gonna, oh, she is like pushing on <laughs> She's my... aggressive today. <laughs> oh my God, she is being really aggressive over here. Okay, Cookie, please. I'm doing a podcast. Please, <laughs> I'm giving Max a present, please. It, you know what? It's always like consistently like an hour into filming too, where she pops out. <laughs> yeah, she just gets, she gets so annoyed with me. So before we were so rudely interrupted by my dog who is interrupting again, <laughs> um, uh, my new like comfort activity is stringing fan bracelets. So I made some oh, fan bracelets. Uh, the first one, Maxie's present. We've got. Oh no way! Got, oh, I have to do it like that. Oh my god, and it's rainbow. And it's a rainbow. Oh. So it says Maxie oh, in letters, so cool. and then it's a rainbow. Oh, maybe if I have it like, maybe if I do it like that, it'll like show up nice. Oh. Can you see it like that? So it's Max, That's the Maxie so rainbow, and then I had to make. Um, uh, E-Spot Pod for myself. Oh, I love those beads. The, They're so the, pretty. The letter beads are also glow in the dark. So they look really oh. cool at night. I can like see them on my nightstand. And then I had to make joint sleigh. Oh. So I that's made so a full cute. set. So I'm going to have a set that's E-Spot Pod, Maxi Rainbow, and Joint Slay, and you're going to have a set that's E-Spot Pod, Maxi oh. Rainbow, and Joint Slay. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Oh, I wonder when the next time I'm going to see you. I mean. Oh, I, it it might be sooner than later. Really? Oh, Slay. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I might come to oh. family in Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Well, you know. Yeah. Let maybe me know. Do, maybe we'll get to do a little live sesh. Yes. Oh my God. That was so much fun. It got, oh my God. It was, I hate that we can't do it all the time. Cause it is so fun. I know. I know. How iconic would that be? You just need to move back. That, that's yeah. what I'm excited. <laughs> it is what it is. So yeah. So um, also into this episode, it's going to be a news episode. Cause we had a lot of stuff in last week. We didn't do news at all. And there was some stuff that popped up literally right after we filmed. And we had said it during, or we said it, maybe it wasn't during filming, but we had said it when we were recording amongst each other. We were like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if there was like an artist announcement or something? And then there was. Like so, the next day, literally. Yeah, literally. And literally, because we had filmed earlier. So it was like, whatever. We were like, damn. But, you know, 
it's going to be in this episode. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, and I guess just a note, because this is going to happen consistently going forward. So, um, like, if, if, like, you see the episode and you're wondering, why didn't they talk about that, like, important thing? We film in the early days of the week so that there's time to get it edited and recorded. So like Monday or Tuesday is the day we record and then patrons get to see everything a day early. So by the time you see it on YouTube, there might be a couple days in between. So if something happens on a Wednesday, we're not going to be talking about it on the pod. So there's always going to be a little bit of a delay if you're uh, watching on YouTube or on um, a podcasting app. Yeah. Uh, So... First up is Junior Eurovision news. So we had three songs released since uh, we last filmed. And it's exciting because it's rounding off all of the entries. So now after we get through these entries, we will have gone over all of the entries for Junior Eurovision, which is so exciting. So the first entry uh, that I have on my list, I guess they're kind of in opposite order of when they were released, but it's fine. Um, So first up is Armenia with their song, Do It My Way by Yan Girls. So uh, this song was co-written by Milena, which had me really excited because every song Milena touches is perfection to me. Um, And, and, you know, for me, my reaction actually came out today as of me filming. Um, I guess as of this episode coming out, all my reactions to all the songs will have been out. Um, Obsessed with this song. Like, the more I've listened to it, the more I've fallen in love with it. I could tell y'all right now, I'm working on an inspired look. Lovely. So, you know, get it's ready for that. It's funny that you say that, because just today in the mail, when I received this cool rainbow bolero, um, I also got in a pair of, like, parachute cargo pants that oh. have those swingy straps that really? the girls have on their outfits. So, like, mine are completely orange. Um, uh-huh. but like theirs are like white with the colored straps, but they're literally like the same style of pants. So yeah, I've, ar- oh. I've already got my cosplay kind of happening in the works. Well, damn, here. I have to make mine myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the song so much though. I love I the knew visuals. You would. Yeah. It's totally up my alley. It's, it's what I was needing was, a a bop. I needed a bop. I needed yeah. a dance. We bop. all did. Yeah. Yeah, like we were dying over here, um, and and particularly like in a different language. And I'm just so like I I honestly I'm so obsessed with it. I think it could win. I'm hyped up. I hope it wins. Honestly, I could say right now it's my winner. Yeah, I mean I thought it was great. It uh, it actually reminded me of that uh, he loves you not by Dream. Not necessarily in the style of music because there's like 20 years years between them um and they're very different but like the set design kind of thing the like the girl groupiness of it mm-hmm. um although that dream group was actually like a what we would call today an industry plant oh really yeah i'm not familiar with this group dream yeah they had one hit song which was he loves you and i don't even know how big of a hit it was um oh. but oh i they, see that i see this one picture of them in these pink outfits like it yeah, they're in like these little pink fake leather outfits and like a white room. I think that's true. This is like the, the white yeah. roomness of it. But but it reminded me of that thing that I like. And that's always good for me. Like if I'm listening to something and it reminds me of something I already like, like that means I like what I'm seeing, right? Yeah. 
It's like when I go shopping, I'm always finding myself going shopping and being like, oh, I love this shirt. And then realizing, oh, I have two shirts just like this at home. Like, of course, <laughs> I love it because I've already got one in the closet. Like, uh, yeah, I thought this was really nice. I thought um, it was like, I don't know, really contemporary, I guess, kind of like K-pop style. Mm -hmm. It had a really edgy fit to it, which I thought was good. I was really surprised to see it because there had been a little bit of conversation on Twitter previously yeah. about like people insinuating that like the girls were being forced to like act old or something. And I Oh was, that. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like I'm not getting that at all. Like uh -huh. these girls like they're covered head to toe. They're wearing like sweatshirts and cargo pants. Yeah. Like and they're like what do you mean they're acting old? Like they're acting grown. Like you yeah. need to get a grip, please. Because I I thought it was great. I thought it was super cute. I love the styling. The music was good. It was like interesting. Like it kind of did the thing that like, like, you know, sometimes songs have these disparate parts and they kind of smash them together. And I felt like it could have gone that way with that song, but they made everything like work. So like mm -hmm. I thought the whole thing like worked visually it worked with the audio it worked. Yeah. What I did just remember is there was something also going around of like before they made the announcement there was like a teaser that came out and I thought it was like an official like an official post by like I don't know the Armenian delegation or what but it was like like a black silhouette of a person. And it was like everybody found out who it was. And so we all thought it was a single singer, this one girl. I don't remember what I think her name was like Sati something. And then it was this girl group. So like for like a week or two, there was this like everybody was so sure it was going to be this girl. And then it wasn't. Was so, it a red hey, herring? I'm, Did they trick us? I don't know. Like be, uh, what I'm assuming is that, I mean, what I'm assuming is that post wasn't from an official account because I thought also, oh, maybe she's one of the girl group like members, but she's not. So I don't know what that was, but I was really surprised because I was fully expecting something else. And I just remember I got the notification on my phone that this pr was premiering. And I was like, hold on, wait, there are like five girls in this. <laughs> what? Um, I'm obsessed with the girl with the glasses. Um, you know, a lot of, okay, I'll say some of the comments that people have been saying is that it's, it's like a copy of K-pop. I feel like nobody has been able to deliver me a specific song that it's a copy of. So I don't think it's fair to say it's a copy of K-pop because K-pop is not one specific thing. Yes, K-pop is kind of a genre and there's a specific look that generally goes along with it. But K-pop can be like anything, really. So like, it's not really... Yeah. I feel like, okay. And also the thing is, a lot of people are saying it's like um, black, a Blackpink ripoff. But when you go to the girls' bios, half of them said that their favorite artists are Blackpink and other K-pop groups. So, of course, the music that they're going to want to do yeah. is, is that kind of sound. I mean, that's the thing. This is the kind of music kids are listening to. So I think it's, you know. The idea that it's oh it's too old too like on that yeah. oh my god you know yeah, that it's pissed ridiculous. me off yeah <laughs> so I'm obsessed with Armenia yeah yeah that's it what was I a good one I I was really refreshed to have something that was a little bit more upbeat because a lot has not been super upbeat yeah Malena another hit 
She's yet to deliver a bad song, Melina. We're waiting. We're waiting. I hope we never see the day, though. But um, next up, uh, another Junior Eurovision uh, icon had some involvement in this. Uh, Ireland, with their song Eichling, I think, is actually how you say it. I don't know. Um, by Jessica McKean. And this was co-written by Sophie Lennon. She was one of the co-writers on it, which we stand. So I was very excited. Um, I love the song. Honestly, for me, it makes me proud to be Irish. You know, like I just, the last couple of years in junior Eurovision, they've really kind of delivered that to me. And I feel like that it's been resonating with people because there is like an authenticity about it now where it actually feels like it's coming from like, coming from their their heart. Um, and I just, I don't know, watching it, the beautiful video, them in this castle and and the way it builds, because I think the thing is, is like, we're so used to Ireland. There are different broadcasters that do it, right? Because like, what is it? RTK does, is it RTK that does? R RTE. RTE. RTE does um, Adult Eurovision, but I think it's a different one. I think it starts with an I or something does. Oh. Um, junior Eurovision, I want to say, because I saw something saying about how adult Eurovision, you know, there's all these excuses. Oh, we don't have to budget, blah, 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 blah. But apparently it's an even smaller network that does the Junior Eurovision one. And because the, the Junior Eurovision one is the one that's like that network is like Irish, like all the programs are in Irish and stuff like that, I believe. So it's I think it's a different okay. one. Um, And they and they pull it together like they so video beautiful the way it built like it it kind of when sophie lennon popped up in that video it was really this whole like build up to that moment you see this figure running through the castle you're like oh what's going on and then all of a sudden it it goes behind sophie lennon and you just think it's the you know you just think it's jessica but it tur she turns around and then it's sophie lennon and you're like ah! like it just is so good. I think it's beautiful. It's got that kind of like opera vibe to mm -hmm. it. She, her voice just sounds amazing. I just think it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I agree. This one blew me away, like from start to finish. Um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's funny because we were just talking about that other song being like very like grown. I feel like this song is so mature. And I don't mean that it like it's like too old for the singer. I think the singer was perfect for it. Um, but but the, which also touches on the fact that young people can be mature too. Um, yeah. But I felt like it was a song that like adults would also really recognize as being mm -hmm. something that they would maybe want to listen to. It did have very like I was like envisioning like interpretive dance or mm. like it, 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 the whole thing just felt very artistic to me. Like I could see the way that that song would be able to inspire other yeah. artists to do, like it would be music you'd want to have on in your studio when you're painting. Yeah. yeah. I definitely got that vibe as well. Cause even like when I was watching it, it, it made me feel inspired. It made me yeah. feel like, oh, I'm ready to represent Ireland in Eurovision. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, like it's it just made me feel something. It made me feel like nationalistic. Wow. 
Well, the the part where Sophie Lennon came on, I got literal goosebumps at that part. Yeah. I was that part was like cinematic too. Like it felt yeah. like at the end of a movie where like two long lost sisters come together and then they like the worlds collide and everything becomes right again. Like it was just really, really special something that they have there. Yeah. Do you think um do you think that they would have Sophie on the stage at, at Junior Eurovision? I mean, I don't know. It's interesting, right? Because the thing is, they're ha- they have done this. I think it's actually something that's really cute that Ireland does. I'm pretty sure every single year or most years is that they always incorporate either the previous year's contestant um, into the video or the song in some way, oh. or they um, or a previous Irish like there's always an Irish Eurovision reference. I remember um in the song IOU, they had Ryan O'Shaughnessy and I want to say what's that the winner's name? It starts with an N. Nine? Neve Kavanaugh. Neve. I never know how to say her name. Um, I believe they were in the video as like his parents or something. Oh, like it, they 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 do stuff like that. And I know that they have had, I want to say maybe it was even in Solas, they had Anna Kearney, like as background vocals. I want to say they've done that before. And, but the thing is, is like last year they had pre-recorded backing vocals, but I hear they don't have that this year. So, you know, whereas before maybe Anna Kearney wasn't there because they just could have it pre-recorded, but maybe because they're, if they're not doing pre-recorded vocals, then maybe they got to have her on stage. And then the thing I was thinking, though, is like, um, would I want to see her on stage? I mean, I love to see her. But in some ways, I'm like, oh, this is Jessica's moment. You know, I don't want sometimes I find myself like I love I love Sophie Lennon so much that I'm like excited about seeing her. But I'm like, oh, like, let me remember this is Jessica's song. So, you know, but I would still love to see even if she was just there as support. I think that'd be great. You know, having somebody similar in age that I think maybe that's the unique thing, too, is because Sophie is still old enough to be on the junior Eurovision stage again. Okay. So it's yeah. still possible. That was going to be my question is if she was old enough. I'm assuming she is because I've been seeing a lot of people saying they think she's going to be there. So okay. I'm assuming she still is. Um, but I don't know. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I'm excited I loved to see it. they did. And then. Over to the neighbor, United Kingdom. They have their song Back to Life by Stand Unique. Now, uh, first of all, let me say, as of us filming this, it's the day before Halloween. So this is giving, honestly, the more I listen to it, it's giving me Halloween vibes. Coming back to life like I'm a zombie. Uh, And then I'm in something in the shadows. Like it's kind of, when you listen to it, you can connect it to Halloween. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Um. But I like it. It's it's little mixy. It's very to me British music industry. Like yes, this, yeah, it is. Like this is the kind of shit I hear coming from the UK when I watch Big Brother UK and they have their cutscenes and they're playing May Muller and they're playing Little Mix. I could hear this song right there as well. Like I um and I played this song for my mom. She didn't even realize it was a Junior Eurovision song because it sounded that just kind of professional produced. Yeah. Their voices all feel very like, you know, like, I don't know, solid. Yeah, so, you know, I I don't think that um, 
I don't think that this one really blew me away that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it felt a little bit, uh, a little bit pedestrian, mm-hmm. a little bit too much like things I've heard before. And I like I, I said before, you know, normally it's good when you hear something that reminds you of something you like, and it's good when it reminds you of one thing that you like. But when it reminds you of three things, three other songs that you know mm-hmm. that you like, then it's a little bit much. So I would think maybe the song's just a tad derivative. Yeah. Um, I, And they kind of lost me completely at that sort of like whistle, dance, break, instrumental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, It was like, there, you know, at the points I was kind of like up, up and down, like, okay, maybe I'm into it. Maybe I'm not quite so into it. And then the whistle thing came and I was like, okay, yeah. this, this one's not going to be for me. Uh, and it reminded me of a song from the Romanian selection for this mm. year, which was called Puppet by Amia. It was kind of like a little, it had that sort of like swing sort of song. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a puppet. They loud like oh, a yeah. Yeah. And, puppet, trumpet. <laughs> yeah, it was giving me a little bit of that. And so, I don't know. It just, I, I didn't think it felt very fresh. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Uh, um, Although... You know, I think as a general package, I think it's great. And I think that the UK is like really on on a roll with Eurovision and Junior Eurovision. I think this is like a super solid, professional, well-done entry. I feel it's a little... How do I say this without sounding really rude? A little soulless. Like, you know put together girl group that, you know, it does feel very much like we just implanted you into this group and you're singing and you're doing everything. I mean, they're doing great, but it, I don't know. It's just lacking that heart. And I don't know, I guess I'm comparing this in Armenia a lot, but something about their attitude in Armenia and the way they're delivering like those raps. And it's like, it feels a little more, like raw and like real to it whereas this one feels very calculated in every aspect and i don't i don't like that chorus i really don't i feel like it doesn't make me want to dance it actually as it's building up i'm like doing their dance moves oh snap 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 and then it's like (whistles) and i'm like oh gosh okay it kind of like kills my mood a little yeah Uh, just because it's like i don't like i it's, you know what? It's also kind of like empty and hollow. Like there's nothing else to it. It's like just the whistling. And I'm just like, I don't yeah. know. And even visually, like they kind of had each girl in her own little square thing. They were kind of like separated from each other. Whereas yeah. like with Armenia, they were like together, mm. like in formations, kind of going, weaving in and out between each other. And it like, they felt like a group, whereas this kind of yes. felt like three singers. Yeah, because you know what? When It's funny you say that because as I was trying to make my thumbnail, I'm trying to find a picture that has all three of them together. And the only one I could get was from the intro when they had the comic book and they had a picture of them all together. That was the only time I could get them. Uh, otherwise, they were even almost rarely all in one shot together. I mean, they had basically one shot where they would do like, they would pull away, but the majority of it was like close up like headshots. So I agree with you that, you know, that's not something I thought of, but that's definitely, I think also a way, something that kind of, there's a disconnect as a group, as a whole. Yeah. You don't see them together. They 
they might have time to fix that. They might have been they might have been working on that because obviously they didn't make the music video yesterday. Like, um, you know, that could have been a couple months ago that they put it together. So, you know, maybe through time, like they're going to be a, a bit, they'll find their magic. Cause I don't think they have, I think they've got all of the, the like talent and the skills and like desire, but I don't think that they've had the spark yet to. Make yeah. It There's like the personality. Like when I watched um, Armenia's, like I immediately was like, obsessed with some of the people that I'm seeing in that video. Like the girl with the glasses, she was eating it. Oh, look, she had so much personality. And that one, I wasn't really getting that, you know? I was like, I love your look. I love your styling. I love your dance moves, but do I love you? That's what we need. But, you know, I think it's going to be great. Honestly, I yeah. think it's so slick. It's so well done. They're going to put on such a good show. Like I see this getting probably top five. Like I feel like they're going to have great vocals. I, I think they're going to do great. You yeah. know, I'm being hard on them, but I do think this is going to do great. And it's it's in my it's not in my top five, but it's up there for me. Yeah, I was, and I and I've said before, I don't think there's any bad songs or bad mm -hmm. singers that we've been given so far this year. So it really just yeah. is like, I mean, what it it's it's not about being negative. I'm not trying to be negative. Just yeah. I hope I'm coming off as being constructive because I'm not trying to no, be mean are. to these girls. I, I don't think that these girls lack magic. I think they just haven't made the magic work together. Yeah. Like they haven't, yeah. they haven't. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're young people too. So like you, it takes time, you know, when mm. you've been a singer for a long time, it's probably really easy to click in with people, you know, mm -hmm. that's probably got to be like a skill you have to learn as well. Yeah. Okay. All so right. the, the last point here that we've got is uh, right before we started, I watched Maxie's review of Poland, the song from Poland. And at the beginning of the review, she's like, I'm not even going to say this girl's last name because Renata will kill me. So, <laughs> so I figured I would teach Maxie how to say Krzyzewska. Krzyzewska. It's like, Shish. Shish. Shishevska. 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 What about if we did like Shishevska? Like K-S-H-I. That was that's about as close as I think I'm going to get. I think that was pretty close. I think that was pretty close. You did a good job. I think probably if I said that in my next video, all the polls are going to be excited that I pronounced it like that. I, I hope so. I hope so. so I'll rewatch this and remind myself. It is not. That is not an easy last name. That's the type of last name you come to the United States. You are going to be in for a lifetime of nobody knowing how to say your name. A million yeah. different pronunciations you're going to hear in your life. You might as well choose a different last name. I'm kidding. Don't. I'm kidding. I have a weird Polish last name and I just let people mispronounce it because there's a W in it, which makes a V sound. So oh. it's like, I don't expect, how can I expect an American whose brain only processes a W as a woo sound to know mm -hmm. that that's a V? It's confusing. And for me personally, it's just not that important. Like this is just our alphabet. You're just reading it the way that it looks yeah. in our alphabet and our language. 
and our pronunciation. When I go to Poland, people say it right. Um, though when I go to Poland, my last name has an I at the end and I'm a woman, so I should have an A at the end. So even oh. when I'm in Poland, my last name is still wrong, even when it's right, because it should be <laughs> something, it should be the feminine form. So yeah. nobody knows how, how to say my name anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know other people really care about, it, and I think that's fine too. Like I, you know, it's your name. No one can tell you how mm -hmm. to feel about your own name. But for me, I'm just, maybe it's just like, I can't tell you how many different weird names I've had put on pizza boxes. Weirdest one ever was Roletta. R-A-L-E-T-T-A. Roletta. Okay. Roletta. Slay. Hey, I, I mean, even I, I mean, Max is an easy name, right? In theory, but I always have to specify Max with an X. And I always do that with an X because people will say Matt. Everybody always just thinks it's Matt. Oh, it's I would have guessed Mac, M-A-C-K. Mac. Yeah, I mean, there's like things it can sound like. So I always am like Max with an X, X. <laughs> there was one period of time where I did get annoyed with people not getting my name right for things like Starbucks orders or whatever. And um, so I started saying my name was Amber. Mm. Because there's Amber. really not many ways to spell yeah. Amber. So That's like it's Amber's just Amber. Uh, and no one ever messed that one up. So whenever I would, you know, order a pizza or get a coffee, Amber, that's my, Amber. That, that was my food ordering name. <laughs> I used to give people a fake name. Um, my fake name used to be, okay, I would always say Matt, but then I thought, well, that's stupid because it's so similar to my name. Then if it would be like, if a customer at my job would say like, what's your name? Like, not like as like a, what's your name? I need to talk to, right. you know, they just ask your name sometimes and you're like, I don't want to give this random person my name. So I would say Matt, but then I'm like, well, that's too close to my real name. I don't really want to do that. So now it's Jake. Jake. I don't know. Okay. I just had a lot. I had a crush on so many Jakes that I thought, well, I associate that with cute guys. So I'm going to be a Jake. Oh my God. Um, I was supposed he... to be a Jake. Really? My parents wanted to name me Jake, but huh. I was born a girl. And Jake wasn't, they weren't going to do that. So they uh, named me Renata after a Brazilian foreign exchange student that lived with the family when my mom was pregnant. Oh, yeah, that's cute. I'm named after Maxwell House Coffee. Shut up. You are not. <laughs> I am because my mom said, I looked across and I saw, because that's always that's the coffee she drank. I, oh my God. Well, in the nineties, that was kind of like the cough, like the, the most famous like coffee to make at home. Yeah, I mean, she also says it's because of Maxwell Silverhammer, but my bro my brother's name is Daniel, and that's like, like the family name. That's like the name that's always like, like everybody's in the family's name is Daniel. So he got that name, and then I got their other one. But my name's cooler. I think Max is a cool name because when we were learning the alphabet in school, I remember I was like the only one that had an X in my name. Uh, I thought, yeah. oh, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> I got an X in my name, uh, and even Meyer, my last name. Like it's seemingly easy, but there's actually a lot of ways to spell it. It's like M-E-I-E-R. Everybody always adds an S to the end. Myers, like, mm. you know, nobody ever, ever. I saw like M, M something J-E-R, you know, like there's like different ways to spell it. So like, yeah, everybody has their version. So it's like, I still always have to just spell it out. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know, but anyways. <laughs> 
enough of the uh, name language conversation. On to some Eurovision 2024 news. So the big news of the week is we had another artist announcement. This was Marina Sati from Greece, or for Greece, from Greece. Is she, she's from Greece. She's from yeah. Greece. She grew up in uh, Crete, I believe. Uh, her mother, is, or born in Athens, grew up in Crete. Her mother is Greek, and her father is Sudanese, Arab, and her music incorporates all of those cultures into one. I'm so excited for her. Yeah, me too. Now, I haven't dove super far into her music, but I've listened to a couple of her songs. I've seen a few of her live performances. I need to get more into her because I'm just hyped. Like, this is kind of the shit I love. It seems like, first of all, people have been begging for Greece to bring some sort of cultural sound. Forever. Forever. Oh my god. It, this girl's you know? like exactly what people have been begging for. They've made a Eurofan package with her. Yeah. And oh, I just, and, but it's also it's that. It's what everybody's been begging for, but she's also so unique and so different and so like something I don't think we've ever heard in Eurovision. So I'm just like I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, I'm excited for her. I'm disappointed that, of course, the discourse around people's ethnicity and their nationality and everything has come back into the mix, which always yeah. seems to be the worst for some reason with the Greek and Cyprus yeah. delegations. I don't know what it is about them. if Because I don't feel like... Um, and may maybe maybe I'm wrong, and they do um, have people who might not be like lifelong residents more often than other countries. But like San Marino has had like three residents ever uh, yeah. uh, represent them, and other countries have had lots of people from other countries represent them or compete in their national contests. And so, and it doesn't it never seems to be framed as like, isn't it amazing? how many different cultures are in Greece or connected yeah. to Greece? It's always, well, they're only this much Greek or, well, they're not really Greek because only their mom is Greek. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, something about that conversation really bothers me. It's like, this, like this weird, like, why are we giving 23andMe tests to all of these artists all of a sudden to decide if they're, if they're- Or my heritage. For them? Yeah, why are they all taking my heritage test? Like, I don't know. It's just, the whole thing's a little bit weird to me. I'm really excited for her. And I think it does seem like something that will represent Greece really well. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think that, like, like Stefania, uh, I didn't think she represented them poorly, even though she, you know, didn't live her whole life in Greece. And I didn't think Amanda Tenfjord did a poor job representing Greece. Um, so I, I, I hate that argument that, like, you're not authentic if, like you're not a good representative for a country if you're not from there all your time, all your life. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, in regards to Marina, it's, it's just, I, I can, okay. I, in a way I can understand where you're coming from. If it's like someone who has never lived, I mean, not that I agree, but it's one thing to say it about like, like the Cyprus uh, representative, like she's from Australia. She's lived in Australia her whole life. That's one thing. This woman has literally lived in Greece. Like she's 
from Greece. That is her nationality. Her mother is Greek. Like it's it's pure, purely a racism thing. I uh, yeah. That's what it is. Because like this woman is from Greece. She's lived and grown up and and her mother is Greek. Like literally. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's literally just cause, she, oh my God, she doesn't, right. I don't know. It's people, people are just gross. It's like, oh, she, I, I don't know. People right, are, right. Like, I feel like even if two parents came from two countries that weren't Greece and went to Greece and had a baby in Greece and that child grew up in Greece, even if the parents aren't Greek, like that, the yeah. child is still Greek. Like they're yeah. born there, they live their life there. Like I don't know. I I don't think we should be policing people's ethnicity and and then citizenship gets even murkier too because you can be a citizen and not uh, be a resident in a lot of places. Not every place, but um, mm -hmm. or maybe you can be a citizen and not a resident, but you or you can be like resident and not be a citizen. Like there's all different kinds of things, and I don't know. It's just I, yeah, I, and maybe it's just because she embraces her other you know all facets of her uh you know life and she embraces her her father's culture as well and maybe that's something that they you know they're like oh if you're if you're going to represent greece you have to represent just greece and it's like bitch shut up shut up and also i'm sorry like it is it is interesting because i mean i know that any artist that goes to Eurovision is going to receive like the most vitriol hate that you could possibly imagine. And so I'm not saying that like, for example, Laureen, who uh, specifically with tattoo really embraced a lot more of her like Moroccan culture within that. But I didn't see too many people, you know, I'm sure there were those comments, but it wasn't like this widespread thing that it feels like it always is with, Greece and Cyprus. Yeah. So y'all need to work on that. Y'all yeah. <laughs> need to work on that because <laughs> we got to stop. Um, but this is exciting. She's a big artist. Mm -hmm. She, and she's like established. She's an older artist. She's, I think, 37. Oh, so she, I did not realize yeah. that. Older than me. Even. Yeah. So she, you know, she is, she's got experience performing making music she knows what her sound is and i think that that's that's really exciting because who is there yeah because i mean especially juxtaposition from their artist last year who was a brand new singer who was 16 who it was their first single you know it's kind of exciting to see kind of the complete opposite of that with an artist that is so sure of herself and so sure of her sound and and established in what she's doing and i think that's i and i also think with greece not qualifying last year it's kind of like a smart thing to kind of do the complete opposite. Yeah, I agree you know, with you. If it's not working, completely flip the script. So, yeah. So next up, we had our first national selection songs of the season. First of all, so is this weird. not insane? Like they literally just also announced like the um what the artists or whatever that we're going to be competing they, they just time. finalized it they were like oh yeah, we're, go we're going into it we're getting straight away the ground running yes so we had the first semi-final of malta's eurovision God. song contest in october like that has got to be the earliest national final yeah. in ever october yeah i wonder if there's ever been any that are earlier than that because that's kind of insane it's so early it's too early maybe yeah, but honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Did you watch it? 
I, I caught it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to lie. Like, we kind of hated on it. Well, I'll say I hated on it. I'm not going to say that about you. But, you know, we dogged on their national selection and their production. I thought it was actually a, a, a way step up. I thought sound was pretty good. I thought production was pretty good. They had different camera angles. You know, it was like, you know, it seemed pretty good. I mean, in all honesty, it was kind of like, it was kind of like Euro song in a way. It reminded me of um, the Czech one. In a kind really? of like, yeah. You think so? I thought they sounded way better than the Czech one. <laughs> Well, maybe they sounded better, but kind of like the level, like the level of yeah. like staging and like there was mm-hmm. something there, but it wasn't yeah. really outstanding. That's true. Yeah. But I'll say it was a step up. Yeah. I, I really think so. Because honestly, all of these songs, for the most part, were not horrible. I didn't think any of them were the worst thing I've ever heard, which cannot be said of last year. You know, I thought. Almost all of these songs were a step up of the majority of songs from last year. Um, And honestly, there were some in here that I thought were really good that I actually could see winning, not winning Eurovision, but like winning and representing Malta. Um, Some of the songs I really liked, I really, I I think my favorite was Loop by Sarah. Yeah, it was Uh, good. I mean, that was great. It was kind of Chanel ripoff-y, but I mean, I love it. Honestly, and I was kind of living that she had some choreo and some hair flips in this thing, kind of, you know, when most people weren't, it wasn't really choreographed or anything. I was kind of living for that. I liked Eliana Gomez Blanco. I thought it yeah, built I beautifully. It. I loved her outfit, gorgeous voice. It it was really, I felt like that was really, really strong. Um, that one to and, me was like, it it seemed like it had a lot of, potential like you could see yeah. that you could tell like the song is okay the singer's very talented she's experienced and in a, a better studio with better sound and nice staging mm-hmm. and good camera angles and more practice because of course practice is a huge part of this the more you can do it the the better it will be um i think this one could really be elevated um, through yeah. their contest and potentially into ESC. Like I could yeah, see the I, vision. Yeah, I agree. The, it, that one definitely had like, there was a vision. She had this like funeral outfit on with the lace. Like I, I saw what she was going for. And that's that's the thing I found. I guess my note on a lot of the songs was they felt almost uninspired. Mm-hmm. Okay, like like um, Lindsay, Lindsay's song. I just said stale. Yeah, you know that one to me it w- really exemplified what everyone always says as being a Melfest reject. Like it just sounded yeah. like a song that was very Swedish and just, but not good enough to cut it in Sweden. Yeah, I agree. And I and honestly, I'll say the standout that I didn't expect was Dominic's song. What is that? Uh, it was in Maltese, so I don't really know how to say this. Busa. I was living for this man, you know, this bald man was going off just like an ethnic Bob from Malta, an ethnic dance Bob. I was, I was living. That was a dark horse for me. I feel like it could, it it could kind of. I thought that one was pretty good. It definitely stood out as being something. There was a lot of ballads in here. So they all kind of got 
lost in the mix. Uh, there was one that I really liked a lot, which was the Oxygen Cloud Maker. The people in the white outfits. I knew you would like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I knew you would. Because you know, I either like like really campy stuff or like uh, really alternative stuff. And this was kind of yeah. a mix of campy and alternative. Yeah. Their style was so cool. I wanted to love the song. It's just not really my vibe, but it was good. I actually thought it was it was really unique and different. And I actually love the notes here because your point right above mine says, not really my style of song, but it's nice. <laughs> and then my point, definitely feeling this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my notes were literally written as I was watching it live. So I was like quickly typing everything down. Like for, for the song Loop, I just wrote, because <laughs> I, I think she did that at one point in the song i said wait this is a bop amazing voice okay dance break because i was just typing it as i saw it going on um yeah i actually thought there were some some good songs honestly the the only one i really really didn't like sorry was nathan's um it was just it was the one that really just went on for a while for me um it was just uh, that one didn't that one didn't bother me too much, but uh, but I did I didn't also like it very much. Um, I thought that first one, that kind of country type song, that one, oh that one was it felt like someone singing at karaoke, like they, that like the lyrics yeah. were going too fast for them and they couldn't sing fast enough. Yeah, something about that one was really off. I actually kind of wanted to like it because even though I'm not a country person, I don't something about it in Eurovision. I like because I think we don't hear it and we're so used to hearing country here in the United States that I feel overexposed to it. Like honestly, an American song contest, I was so over it because God, I was just was like, the, the only one I liked was that song fired up. How about we fire it up? Oh, that one, that one was, that was a hit. <laughs> but like there was so much and like, that's just how the United States is. We get so much country, but it's so unique to hear it. I feel like over in Eurovision. So I tend to like it. Like I liked with Stefan's song. I like Dow Bob, of course. I didn't like this one though. <laughs> I wanted to like it, but I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I was at least impressed for like my expectations were at least, uh, exceeded met or exceeded um because i remember watching last time around and it being that first round was like the audition was, round in like a weird studio yeah. thing it looked it like a painful. studio that like i'm from like a really rural area where like nothing's going on like small town stuff and like our yeah. local tv station like it's like one room studio like that's what that was giving me that last yeah one. So this, they definitely are like polishing it up a little bit so that's good yeah and it actually makes me excited to see what they do like in that final because mm -hmm. i mean there was a i mean even in the uh last year there was a clear like progression from auditions to semifinals to final like so i feel like i feel like they stepped it up like you know to anybody this is why i keep saying that because i, I saw when it was about to happen everybody was like oh my god you know like last year was horrible. Like let's get ready for it again. And I'm for anybody who didn't watch it, guys, go watch it. Mainly, it's we got no, no other national selections going on. Um, but it's not even pain. Really, it's not. It wasn't that painful to watch. Once they got past that, okay. Once they got past that, like twenty minute talking segment at the beginning, then it was good. They didn't do that through the whole. Well, 
They did it after the live performances. But if you just sit in for the live performances, then it's good. It's like, you know, they just go through them. There's like a commercial break between them, but it's fine. They had this weird segment at the end where they were having all the artists do games. What? And I wasn't fully watching because I was doing my makeup. But I just kept looking over and I was like, wait, why is Eliona Gomez Blanco like writing on a board? And then I was like, wait, why is Lindsay drinking milk through a straw? I was oh, like, what's going on? They sto- totally stole that from like Estee Lau because Estee Lau will do that. They'll like pull people aside and have them do silly stuff like when they're counting votes. But no votes were being counted that's, or, or, or were there. That's what I was going to say because I was like, well, but there were no results. So we weren't waiting for anything. It was just like the fill time. So I had seen somebody on Twitter say that, I guess the rules of this contest, it's not that three people come from each semifinal, but mm-hmm. that they choose 12. So like there might be two people from this semifinal yeah. that make it through. There might be five, there might be zero. It just I depends. Like, I don't mind that, honestly. It's more fair to me. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, I don't mind that. I think it actually, it gives everybody like these small batches where it's digestible. Mm -hmm. So it's not like overwhelming to go through and listen to every single person. And then, you know, you know, if there's five great songs in the first semi, then five great songs get to go through. Yeah. Oh, and, and I've thought about this lately, um, like with, like with the first semifinal and second semifinal of Eurovision this year, the, mm. I think out of the top 10 songs at the final, like seven of yeah. them were from semi one. And so, you know, I've been thinking like it wouldn't probably be the worst thing to have a one semifinal because at least you're competing against each other. So you're, yeah. it could have like, uh, you know, pound for pound, there are songs that are good that aren't making it only because they're in a, a tighter semifinal. Whereas, yeah. like, I don't know if that if if that makes sense. I'm not saying that we should go back to that necessarily. I just don't think that it would be the worst thing. I think it would be more fair. Probably be cheaper, too. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I don't really know. I guess the one semifinal would really be the only way to, to make it more fair. Because, like, I don't really know what else you could do. But it is, it is interesting. I feel like in recent years, too, I don't know what it is. Like, maybe it's just been fluke to be honest. But it feels like every year it gets more and more of that divide. Um, but I guess that's just how the the cookie crumbles. Yep. Maybe they need to rethink those pots, you know, how they divide I've, things up. I've heard people suggest that they, instead of doing like the block voting thing that they do now, that they should do it based on recent results. So like the countries who have been really strong, because it is kind of like the same few countries that are really strong, that Mm. you split them up. Yeah, I think. I mean, and it's hard because you don't want to, I think it would be very easy for people to then be like, oh, like they're, I don't know, they're favoriting or they're like, you know, I guess when you acknowledge that another cut, like, or a certain batch of countries are like do better at Eurovision, immediately people will maybe feel like they're somehow favoriting them over the others, but it actually is making it more fair for everybody else. And just take, I mean, it's like, you just take. It's a calculation. It's not favoring anybody. You go and take the last five years or 10 years or whatever, and 
get the results. Those are the numbers. It is what it is. It's like reverse relegation because that's what relegation is. If you're mm. if you're in the bottom, then like you've got to fight to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I mean, that actually yeah. was probably the best thing that they could probably do because whatever they're doing clearly ain't. Working. It's not working. It's not working. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have some exciting news. So Festivali Kangas RTK, which debuted, which mm-hmm. is basically Kosovo's national selection if they ever go to Eurovision. So, of course, it's a take on Festivali Kangas. Um, but the first one ever happened. Now, I don't believe Kosovo is a EBU member yet but i think they are kind of like in the process of becoming one um obviously it's a tricky situation um but it it's looking to be really really good because actually the um the director general of the ebu had this little message that was put out before the contest but they also played it during the show and it was basically him like congratulating Kosovo on putting on this great Aww. show. And, you know, and that was from the director general of the EBU. And so I feel like, you know, they're clearly on the way. They're on the path to becoming an EBU member. Right. And and there's clear interest in um in Kosovo for competing in Eurovision. There have been like artists from Kosovo, uh Rona. Nishalu, is that her name? Rona Nishalu. Um, Sus represented Albania yeah. in 2005. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe she's from Kosovo. Um, and, you know, I think that it's, you know, it's it's great to see, like, kind of, it was, it was very positive. Like, I loved seeing that message from the EBU dude. And and just seeing the general reception, everybody's excited at the prospect. And it's it wasn't like people fighting. You know, it wasn't like that sort of thing. It was just like everybody was excited to finally have this show where they can uh, showcase uh, music from Kosovo. And all these artists were excited to be able to, you know, represent their country in some kind of way. And it was just it was really kind of cute. I didn't watch the whole show, um, but I did uh, like briefly listen to some of the songs. I know Urban Band was Urban Band was the only name I recognized that was competing because they have uh, competed in Festival Kangas for Albania um, like once or twice. And I always really like their stuff. They actually kind of sound, they have a sound very similar to, um, uh, what is their name? Representative Moldova that you was like your winner like last year, two years ago. Bonica uh, Babadova, Bonica Babadova. What's your oh, name? Oh, um, uh, Stop Yes, they kind of give me that vibe a little bit. Um, yeah, their you know song in this, their song in this didn't really give me that, but but their the songs I've heard from them uh, do. So the winner was La Fazani with his song O Kosovo, which is like O Kosovo, um, I believe. Uh, it was basically like a love song to Kosovo, like I love my country, sort of thing. Um, and I just thought it was cute. He, I watched the video of him, uh, you know, winning and he was just so excited. Like it was just, he was like, you know, I know I don't get to go to Eurovision, but I'm just so excited to represent my country in this way. And I just, it was just like such a positive thing. It seemed like everybody was excited. 
Um, there was also uh, the song Ayo by Albin uh, Nikrelaj. The only reason I wanted to mention this is because it's kind of like a running thing. It was composed by Ariona Ushiti, who I love. Oh, okay. Love. Uh, so I got to mention her all the time, anytime I can. So uh, he came third. So she's just, she just makes hits. Um, and it was nice. It was very similar to Festival Kangas, I feel like, in terms of song quality and stuff. But I'm just excited. It it makes me excited at the prospect of a new country joining Eurovision. And I'm, and I'm, I'm just excited to see countries that are excited about competing in Eurovision, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was really blown away by the stage. Like they yeah. really put together a nice show. Like they they weren't making this as a joke. This wasn't a Euro song situation. Yeah. They were really, really trying hard to. Yeah. I think trying hard to show everybody that they did they deserve to be a part of Eurovision. Like they mm -hmm. they can do it just as good as any of the other countries can do it. And I think they they proved that. They did it better than some countries, which are much smaller yeah. and with less money than some other countries. Yeah. Um so I think that is very commendable. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but I did watch the winning performance. So I thought it was amazing. Really enjoyed mm. it. I thought it was like just like avant-garde enough. Like it was just yeah. goofy enough. It never went beyond because and then, then they would start to reel you back in with being a little bit more yeah. normal and, and accessible. Um I thought it was funky and it was fun. And I like that it was in the national language. And I have to say that the outfit he had on. <laughs> Had it was screaming. Crazy. It was crazy. Yes. So I immediately recognized the pants. Oh, well, really? I, I recognized them as something else. I had dropped the link mm -hmm. in there. So there's this uh, company yeah. called Liminal Workshop. And I had seen a while back this jacket that they oh. put out, which is literally like a a keyboard, like puffy jacket, just like he yeah. had on the pants. And expensive. I don't, yeah, it's like 500 pounds, I think. 600 something. 600, yeah, it's expensive. It's designer. Um, and I don't think, because I couldn't find a pair of pants from that company, so I think he yeah. might be wearing like a bit of a, I don't want to say a knockoff, but something similar. Maybe they were custom. Maybe they were custom. He's he's wearing something similar to that um, liminal workshop uh, keyboard jacket, which I love. Yeah. I remember, I, I knew it right away when I saw it, uh, because I had actually sent to one of my exes the keyboard jacket because he's like a, a graphic designer art guy. And uh, yeah. whenever I saw the jacket come up in my feed randomly, I was like, oh my God, I've got to send this to him because this is like the type of thing he would literally wear. Like he's that kind mm -hmm. of guy. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And you know what I love too is like, I kind of love the right off the gate, right out. What is it? It's out the gate, right? Out the gate. So right out the gate, they, they're they not afraid to, you know, have some personality, have some yeah. fun with Eurovision. Like, I love to see that from a country. Because also, like, you know, I feel like it's going to be obvious to compare it with Albania. And they don't really do that. They don't really. No. It is they don't fun. tend to reward the funky things. No. So I kind of love that they were, they, you know, they rewarded that. And he ended up, he ended up winning. I'm just excited. I'm excited. I hope they get to debut soon. 
I don't know what the status is of them becoming an EBU member. I don't know what kind of process that takes. Um, but I think it's it's near in the future, I hope. Um, and that's the thing is, oh, my God, there's just, you know, we'll talk about it in the next segment. But there's just some countries that just genuinely seem like they don't care about Eurovision at all. Like, it's actually a nuisance for them yeah. to be in Eurovision. And so these countries that have a passion, a desire, and also, honestly, like, a need to be in Get, like to have this opportunity in this space to showcase what their country can do. Like, I want more of that. I want more of more countries that are like passionate about Eurovision and that love it. Um, before we move on to that next segment, just when we were talking about it, pants, I wore this sweater today because it reminded me of, um, uh, oh, I don't know her name. Uh, the person who's the girl that's representing Albania in junior Eurovision in her music video, she's wearing a cloud jacket. Aww. And I actually thought it was this sweater at first, but then she turned around and she had a hood. So it was like a hoodie. But I thought it was this 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 exact sweater at first. So I wore it in honor of her. I love the sweater. I think it's really cute. It's funny. Tell we always like pick matching outfits in a way. I was going to say, tell me why. I'm grabbing two dolls. Tell me why this is us. Oh my God, it really is. So these are supposed to be like sister dolls, like they're uh, in the twin lines, but they're like complete opposites. And this is literally us. It really You're the is. rainbow one. You're the one with the <laughs> rainbow fucking platform Crocs. And I'm the black and white one right now. <laughs> That's literally oh us. Oh my God, that is so cute. Uh, yeah. It really is. Huh. And like you're a sky and I'm a rainbow and the rainbow is in the sky. Like... Yeah. I feel like exactly. we should do that for our thumbnail. Like I should have a picture like this and I'll be the rainbow <laughs> just like, sky. like this in like <laughs> Well, that's like that's like our logo, isn't it? Too. Like we're the Yeah. I should make Greg should make a, a version of the logo that's actually us. I'm just imagining you like kind of morphed into the shape of a rainbow and I'm just like I don't know, this dreary, dreary cloud down at the bottom. No, it easily, he could make it happen. I could be, like, sticking out of your belly, like in the movie Alien, when that alien jumps oh out of the guy's God. belly. That could be me with my arms like this to the side. That is a, a terrifying image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of terrifying. So, yeah, so moving on from a country that's not in Eurovision, that wants to be in Eurovision and is trying their damnedest to make a good show, we have Ireland, who's been in Eurovision forever, has rested on their laurels of being the most winningest country uh, in the competition up until this past year, when they lost that to Sweden. Um and we're just going to talk a little bit about a recent uh, episode of the iRevision podcast, um, which, as the name indicates, is an Irish Eurovision podcast. You should go follow them and yes. uh, listen because they're really, really interesting topics that they cover. Um, so this interview was with Michael Keeley, who is the head of delegation for Ireland in Eurovision. And this this made a splash because the iRevision people had released kind of like a snippet of this guy being completely delusional, talking about the qualification record for Ireland. So you might have seen this clip floating around. 
And basically in it, he's, they, they confront him and say like, you know, Ireland has only had two qualifications in the past 10 years. Like, what do you have to say about that? And he's like, well, but if you go back 12 years, you get another qualification and it's like, okay, but you just added more years. So you have to still compare that to the other countries at 12 years. And like, yeah, if you keep going back, you're going to reach the era where they were winning a whole bunch. And when there were fewer countries in Eurovision. So like, that's not really like, yeah. we're not. Well, if you about go back the to the time when there weren't semifinals, then we did qualify every single year. <laughs> like, you, yeah, it was just like, it was just like remarkable. It was like, he was talking. It, it was, it, he, I honestly thought it felt kind of like he was being really indignant towards them. Um, and, and I'm, I don't know, maybe it's just like an Irish thing. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it seemed like I, I was getting the vibe that he wasn't actually like a very nice person. Like, and maybe it's because he was, so? really, I thought he seemed like a little bit like defensive and he was defensive, but I didn't get, I didn't necessarily, you know, it's kind of weird. I kind of, I kind of liked his vibe. Really? He was very like mansplainy to me. So being a yes. woman, I'm like hyper, hyper, like sensitive to when I feel like people are mansplaining. Yeah, I definitely, I, you know, I do want to go and listen to their first one with him that because they were referencing it a little bit where they said they really talked a lot more about just kind of the inner workings of Ireland in Eurovision. I mean, I don't know a lot about that. Right. So. But what I was gathering from the conversation is that it's like an insanely small team. And it sounds like he kind of is responsible for basically everything in regards to Eurovision. And it's more of an RTE thing of not getting the support to do those things because they were like, oh, well, why don't you like we they should have a, a specific social media for for the national selection or for Ireland and Eurovision. He was like, well, but somebody needs to run that. And like, I'm only one person and those people, you know, and stuff like that. And he, it was a lot of excuses. Yes. But in a way I understand if I'm imagining from his perspective, he's doing like so much, but the issue I had is it felt very much like they were bringing up really good points as to like, things that actually genuinely could help and instead of being like if it was just you know i really want to do that we just don't have the resources we just don't have the funds or whatever but it was kind of like oh well but actually i thought all the songs were really good and they all had a lot of diversity and it's like well no but they weren't mm -hmm. they weren't <laughs> You know, and just like stuff like that. And then they brought up a good point of like, I don't know, just big artists versus little artists like, oh, maybe like you could limit the number of votes. And he was like, well, but I don't think other things do that. So uh, other things do that. Like Eurovision does that. Yeah. Like I remember voting in May and only being able to vote, I think, 20 times. Right. Yeah. 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 So he was very dismissive of very good points and that does make me wonder if in in context of Eurovision you know it's not he doesn't seem like the type that would be actually like behind the scenes really fighting for these things you know and then oh. it just makes me feel like do y'all even really want to do this 
So what I gathered from his excuses and deflections is that they have a small team and a small budget and a weak leader. And if you have a small team and a small budget and a strong leader, you're going to have really different results. And I think this is a classic case of the person who's in charge of managing things being a poor leader because the, pe mm. the few people you have below you and the little bit of money that you have, if you don't have someone who is, who's visionary and strong and like willing to fight for things, then you're not going to have great results. I just don't think that it's possible. Yeah. Because he even made a comment about how, and you know, it's hard because there's actually, there's a, there's something good about him saying this, but there's also something bad where he said like, oh, well, you know, I can't make an artist do this sort of thing. So it's kind of like up to what the artist wants, which is great. Like, I actually thought that was great to hear because I always was kind of under the impression that almost like artists didn't get that kind of support, like of if they wanted to do something, because there was that thing that um, Ryan O'Shaughnessy came out and said about this cake or whatever. The cake, like them right. Yeah, and they talk about it in the podcast there. For those of you who don't know, Ryan O'Shaughnessy came out like a month or so ago, and he it was kind of random. He was like, oh, they wanted me to pop out of a cake during my performance or whatever. Um, and he said that that was not the way it was framed was not the way it was. And he had a conversation with him. But I liked hearing that, you know, artists get a lot of creative freedom. But there is you should still be telling them like, hey, that's not a good idea. Hey, mm -mm. you know. You have a camel toe in those pants. You know? Yeah. Do you want a gaff? <laughs> or something. A gaff is like, it's like a tucking. Oh. It's like, it's what drag queens use to like tuck. Um, It's actually made, uh, if you want to make it yourself, you cut the waistband of underwear and you cut the foot off of the sock. So you just have a tube and, and then you pull it up and it actually really like smushes everything. Um, down but it would prevent you from having a camel toe um gotcha. <laughs> um but you know having having people there that like are firm on things like you're supposed to like the artist has never been to eurovision you're supposed to be the expert on how things go at eurovision so you your in your insight is very important you know you telling them hey i've done this for 10 years i know that's not a good idea you know, and you can also build up that, um, you know, respect where they're they're going to even if it's a well-established artist that like know what they're doing, like they're still going to listen to you because, hey, this man has been doing this for 10 years and and Ireland's been seeing great things from them. But, you know, that might not be there if it feels like you're not really pushing for those things. Yeah. Um, well, something else about the uh, the voting limit thing. As soon as he said, like, oh, no, no, we wouldn't do voting limits. All I could think was it's because it's about money. Yeah. The only reason to not limit voting if you're worried about fairness would be that you're more interested in the amount of revenue that you can get from the public voting. Because I think if I recall correctly, it's a bit expensive to vote in the Irish contest. Mm. Yeah, I mean. That makes sense. Yeah, because, but that's just, what sucks about that is it's just like, 
then just generally, you're actually hurting yourself in the contest. It's going to be harder for them to even want to allocate money to you. Like you're like if if you're if you failed to qualify for 20 fucking years and they're not seeing any good come from this contest, well, you'll be lucky to stay in the contest for yeah. that long. They're you not know? gonna give you money. Yeah, like you have to also worry about your reputation in the contest. Like you cannot just throw it all away for that. And you know, even in some ways, like if if you want wild, like I don't necessarily think they like rigged it for wild youth or whatever no but if you know if you wanted wild youth to go to the contest but you wanted to earn money through voting have them put out four songs and vote that way and and get money through votes that way or whatever you know like there's ways to do it to not like you know waste everybody's time if that's the case but i don't know i just feel like it didn't really feel like it felt like you, you've had all these kind of flounders. You should be looking at it of what should we do different? So where I said with like Greece this year, I was like, oh, you know, maybe they saw that they didn't qualify last year. They didn't get a good result. So we're going to do the complete opposite. Well, this was like the complete opposite reaction where they were like, oh, well, we didn't get a good result. You know, we completely failed. We're going to do the same exact thing. Same exact thing. It's madness. It's genuinely madness. Yeah. And like, even, I mean, yeah, like the points that they made were so good because even when they were like, well, like, shouldn't you have like, I mean, there's nowhere to even get updates, like nowhere for artists to know to go to know to submit their song or that the deadline was extended. Like they have to get that from wee blogs, <laughs> basically. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, and, and so if an artist, and he goes, well, I think any artist that's in the industry would know if they are interested, they know they know where to find it. It's no. Literally, he's like not even trying. Yeah. Like I'm like, these are like actually all very valid and and honestly super easy things to fix. Yeah. And and it's just it it feels like I don't know if he just doesn't see it as an issue. Like if it's kind of one of those things where he thinks he knows everything. And so yes, I think that's what was some of what was going on, which is what yeah. put me off of him so quickly. Yeah, that was that kind of like egoist attitude and like a snarky comments and stuff. And like watching that interview, honestly, to me, it was like that should have been like a job interview. Like we mm. need the eye revision people to do the job interview to hire the new head of delegation because they were they asking were great. Good questions. They were grilling him. Yeah, it was like iconic. That's the energy that the network needs to take to find somebody who's actually a strong leader. And I would love yes. to see I would love to see like a, another interview with the same questions to somebody who would want that job of like what would what would that's you do true. about this thing? Because I think that they have they, they must not be exploring those options. Yeah, and they should. Because- yeah, because I'm sure there are people with the right qualifications that have the passion that and that we just I mean, I just don't like the excuse of, oh, we're a small team. Oh, we don't have the budget because oh, time and time again, has it been proven by numerous countries that that is not an that is not the issue that will prevent you from doing well. Like you had a great 
banned. You know, it wasn't like, I don't know, like you were able to get good names. Like those, those weren't the issue. It just, and that's just an excuse. And, and if, and as a creative person who is broke, you know, and as a drag queen, I'll say that's something drag queens always like to fucking say, oh, I don't have good pictures of myself because I don't have the money to pay a professional photographer. Oh, I don't have them. Like, do you know how many fucking times I've gotten that comment from local queens that I've gotten comments that are like, imply basically that I'm just rich and that's why, you know, my I have nice photos. That's why I have nice drag. You know how many of those fucking outfits I make myself? You know, I do every fucking wig myself. You know, I take every fucking photo of myself, myself on my fucking phone. You know, if you have an actual passion in something and you actually love and deeply, deeply care about this, then you will find a way to make things happen. Right. Money is, and money and resources right. is not going to be an excuse in that regard. You know, granted, yeah, I look at my photos, I go, well, they would be a lot higher quality if I had the money to get a nice setup or whatever. But I'm not making it as an excuse to not be able to deliver what I want to deliver. I still can deliver my vision. And that's the thing. We're just not getting anything. We're not. There's just the passion is not there anymore. And we, you know, we need somebody that that has that passion for it. Yeah. Um, with really that being that. said, you know, I hope this doesn't discount me from competing, um, you know, in Ireland's national selection. <gasps> I did, you know, I felt like watching the interview. I actually felt more passionate about, you know, trying to maybe make a song. <laughs> Cause I often think about it. You know, I think about sometimes if I were to, represent ireland in eurovision because this is a hypothetical that i i genuinely see in my future um i imagine i often imagine myself making my whole damn set myself getting my whole music video together myself all those at fucking outfits you know damn well that's just coming from my closet mm -hmm. you know don't you have to worry about that budget <laughs> well i'd like a little budget but i can make things out of nothing you know I got a large repertoire of clothing I could pull from and stuff like that. You know, I just imagine that in my future. So I don't know what that has to do anything, anything other than representing Ireland. So, um, well, one year. thing that they brought up on the podcast was an Instagram account, which actually I had never seen before or heard of before. Oh yeah. What was it? Um, it's called, uh, Ireland's Eurosong Future. That's the name of the the thing. Let me let me, let me pull it up. Oh, here we go. Okay, so there was a really interesting post that they had put up, and it was okay. Poll about RTE and the Irish delegation. They said thirteen percent believe that RTE can deliver Eurovision success. One three thirteen, not thirty. Um, 93% believe RTE does not care about improving Ireland's outcome. Nine and 10 believe there is not enough time, resources, or budget. 91% believe a switch up within the Irish delegation team should occur. 9% believe that the Irish delegation engages with Irish fans to a satisfactory level. Yeah. Those are That's bad. Those are bad numbers. numbers. 
And I, I don't want to hear that it's because you don't have enough money to connect with your fans because you can connect with your fans for basically free. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some other stuff. Oh, they had one about the late show. Uh, two in 10 people watch the late, late show beyond just Eurosong. So basically nobody watches that show. So why are they putting the contest in a show? No one watches. Nine in 10 believe that the Late Late Show is unsuited to Eurosong. I wonder who the one in 10 person is. I think it is. 69% prefer having both a public vote and a jury vote together. Hmm. 86% agree with having an international jury. I believe in international juries if what you want success at Eurovision. And, and just so you guys know, I am open to being an international juror. Um, so hit me up. You know, just like I said, for the Czech Republic, I'm open to hosting, any involvement. If you need a face there, I'll be there. I would love to be a juror. Um, That's like my dream. When people were like so mad about WeWeBlogs being a juror for Romania that one year, I was like, guys, that's, I'm sorry. That is every Eurofan's dream is to be a juror. Every single one of you would say yes. Like, come on, that's the dream. Uh, so 72% said they do not tend to agree with the judging panel of the recent years, which seems low to me. I would have expected it to be in the 80s because that judging panel is terrible. Yeah. Uh, nine in 10 believe that the presenter should be personally interested in Eurovision. Mm-hmm. And then this is sad. 5% are proud of Ireland's national selection compared to other countries. That sucks. Yeah, that's embarrassing. And- that's the thing is it also all cycles down. So like if there's not that passion and that interest in the delegation, then you lose that passion and interest with the fans, with the public, with the people of Ireland. Then also, it, you know, the other issue is if nobody's watching your national selection, then those votes are going to skew like those are not those voting figures are not going to be good enough to actually produce a confident like winner, you know, like probably a big reason why wild youth won is because, um, what is it? The late, late show doesn't pull in crazy numbers of its own. Mm -hmm. Probably a lot of people who were watching that were just wild youth fans. You know, those people who were watching were either Euro fans, which, we already know that Euro fans are actually a small number in reality. Yeah. So it lends itself more to those big artists um, having a better advantage. Or something like um, Melody Festival. And I mean, it's a big show regardless of who's on it. And so there's not as much like pull in any certain way for like a big artist versus a smaller. Like it's it's a little more fair because, mm-hmm. you know, regardless, there's going to be 100,000 people watching. So you know, whatever. But if if you're kind of relying on those bands and Euro fans to be the people who are watching because nobody else is watching it just casually, it's not, you know, that's not like an accurate voting system in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Womp, womp. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, I feel like Ireland can still do it. I don't want them to lose hope. No. But like we really gotta like, you know, the first step is recognizing that there's a problem. And then we can work on how to fix it. 
But this Michael uh, Keeley guy is not willing to ad- accept that there's problems and that he has any yeah. ability to change them. Yeah. And you're the head of delegation. So if you can't fix it, there's no and, hope. And that's going to mean that your team is going to not have confidence in you, which is probably part of yeah. the issue. And they're not going to work as hard. And and then you're going to end up in, you know, eight times out of ten not qualifying, which is pretty yeah. unacceptable. I feel like in any other job, if you failed eight times out of 10, you'd probably not have that job anymore, but he somehow still has his. But you know what? The corporate world is crazy. Cause let me yeah. tell you guys, my HR person at my previous job, let me tell y'all what a failure she was. So tell me why. So we would get the figures at the end of the month of every single store and how many hires they had requested from HR because she was the one who did the hiring manager. Mm-hmm. So it'd say, oh, our store requested six new hires. This store requested five, whatever. And it would add it all up at the bottom. It said there was 36 new hires requested for that month. You want to know how many she fulfilled in a month? 12. Two. Whoa. Two. In a whole month, if you if your job is a hiring manager, and in a whole month, you were only able to fulfill two out of, for 10 stores. Two people you hired in a month, you should be fired. Wow. But instead they fired me. Wow. I'm just saying. You know, you know, you life, know, isn't so. fair. life isn't fair, I guess, sometimes, but... But I would really like to see Ireland do better. I don't I don't think it's good for the contest to have uncompetitive countries. I don't think it's good. It's bad. It's bad for like general reputation and morale, but it's bad for maintaining interest. Yeah. And I also feel bad because I feel bad for the artists also because. I don't know, it it, it trickles down to that. It feels like they don't put their heart and soul into it necessarily. And also maybe they don't fully under, like in some ways I felt like with Wild Youth, they just didn't fully understand the way that like Eurovision worked. I feel like they weren't fully prepared for like what to expect, even just on the night of and all those things. Like it felt like they had a team of yes people that were just telling them all their ideas were great and they needed somebody there to tell them something wasn't working literally every step of the way the bags over their heads in the music video the camel toe outfit the it was just bad you need somebody who is listening to the fans and like seeing the hate and seeing what people aren't liking and then being able to pinpoint those things and like fix them like they said they were going to do a revamp and then they like added a piano line yeah, like, okay, so you didn't actually see the things that people disliked about the song. Like, right. yeah. So Ireland just canceled the national selection. Select me. Obviously. I have a passion. I have a passion for the contest. I need a job right now, too. So if RTE wants to, like, bring me on, I'm happy to do it. Um, I'm looking to be paid like $20 an an hour. That's not that much, honestly. Um, So I can already hear them saying that they've got a limited budget and they can't, can't take. Well, that's fine. If they can provide me housing in some capacity, 
then I can go down to like 15. Oh my God, in Dublin, good luck. They're in the middle of a terrible housing crisis. They don't have uh, rooms for their students, I've heard. Well, if the RTE offices have a spare office, <laughs> I can just sleep, sleep there. A little cot in the, a pull-out yeah. bed couch maybe somewhere. I don't. I don't mind. I sleep pretty well anywhere. Oh my God. So I could just, you know, figure that out. So that's a serious inquiry. That's not a joke. So just like, you know, my email's maxrimboesc at gmail.com. I changed it. So um, hit me up over there. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. that is what's going on in the Eurovision world. Did you have anything else to say? No, I mean, I think that just about wraps it up. Obviously, probably tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and there's going to be a new song or an artist announcement. It's crazy news, but we'll just have to get to it next time around. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, just thanks to everybody who, you know, has been watching, who made it down to the the end of the episode. If you made it to the end of the episode, we're going to do this game again that we did last week. We want you to drop an emoji in the chat. What emoji should they drop, Maxie? I think they should drop the... um, the flame hearts. If yes, they have I love the flame hearts. If you don't have Drop. a flame heart, a regular heart. No, if you don't, no, if you don't have a, a flame heart, drop the flames. Drop the flames. Because people do people do hearts all the time. Drop the flames. The flames. That'll okay. be you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. If you need that. it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you guys so much for watching. As usual. My name is Maxi Rainbow. You can follow me over on Maxi Rainbow at all my social medias. And also don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon so you can see that extra special little thing for our our 10 episode anniversary sort of, you know, special 10 episode special um, over on the Joint Slate podcast on Patreon. Links are all in the description. My name is Maxi Rainbow. And I am Renata from the eSpot. Find me absolutely everywhere at eSpot Pod. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye.